It's time to see where the Buffalo Bills rank among the AFC East at each defensive position group today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, or if you're joining us on the YouTube channel, your first watch every day. Well, yesterday on the podcast, we went through the AFC East, and we stacked each team in order of how I thought they should slot at each offensive position. Well, today we're going to do the defensive side of the football, and that will include interior defensive line, edge rusher, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and then we'll also do special teams, and we'll see where the Bills slot compared to their AFC East rivals on defense. And so this should be fun. I received a lot of great feedback from the offensive position groups. And let's see how things stack up today on the defensive side of the football. We'll start with the interior defensive line. And this is a group, collectively, that I thought was pretty close. Especially, I won't even say the top three. I think all four teams are pretty close when it comes to interior defensive line. And so what's going to allow me to separate these teams is I'm going to value the depth component because I think every team has a really good run defender to go with a penetration style player. It's a nice combination for all four teams, but which teams have the most depth? I think that's where I'm going to put the emphasis on as I figure out who's at the top. And at number one, I do have the bills Ed Oliver, who I think is emerging year over year, played great football down the stretch last year. I think he's going to have a monster season playing alongside Daquan Jones and Tim Settle and Von Miller and Greg Rousseau in year two. I think Ed Oliver is going to have a great season. Daquan Jones is the one technique. I think he's the best one technique the Bills have had under Sean McDermott. Tim Settle as a versatile reserve guy that can play both spots, the one tech, the three tech, can penetrate the line of scrimmage, can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, can defend the run, can get after the passer. And then, of course, Jordan Phillips is back. And so I think the overall depth of that group and how it's structured with penetration-style players, with guys that can eat space and play the one, a lot of really good complementary skill sets here for this Bills defensive tackle group. So I have them at number one. And it's just the depth. It's the depth that really pushes them to the top for me. And number two, I have the Miami Dolphins. Christian Wilkins. Raquan Davis, Zach Seiler, their primary top three players on the interior defensive line. Raquan Davis, a massive one technique nose tackle. They play a lot of odd front defenses. He's their he's their nose. He's a good player. A lot of length, a lot of size, tough to move, really good run defender. Christian Wilkins, who's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He plays some five tech, gets a chance to play on the interior a little bit as a little bit as well. Big-time energy guy, a pillar 
type player for that team. Leader. Love what he brings to the table. Really good football player. And then Zach Sealer, who is underrated. I think one of the more underrated defensive linemen out there. Now, I mean, he's not like a massive production guy, but I think he brings a lot to this football team. So I like that trio of players that the Dolphins have as their down linemen. And number three, I have the Jets. Really nice group here as well. A lot of athleticism. Quinn and Williams, their feature player. Sheldon Rankins came over last year from the Saints, and I thought he'd have a better year. But he struggled a bit, but I know he's he's a talented player that'll probably be more effective in year two with a better situation around him with the Jets. And then Solomon Thomas as a inside-outside type backup player. Now, they don't have Fali Fadakasi. He signed over with the Jaguars on a big deal, but I still think they're in pretty good shape. They don't have much size there on the interior, but a lot of athleticism and a lot of penetration ability from this trio with the Jets. And number four, I have the New England Patriots, Christian Barmore, their lead guy, their most impactful player in my mind. And he gave the Bills a lot of problems last year. I think he's a guy that's just going to get better and better. Um, a really good spot for him in New England coming out of Alabama where he was kind of up and down. I think the Patriots are a good environment for him to settle in and play his best football. And, you know, the flashes last year were really exciting for him. I think he'll be even better in year two. And a couple of really stout players in Devon Godchow is their nose tackle. Lawrence Guy, who can play multiple spots for them up front. But I don't think they have a ton of playmaking ability outside of Christian Barmore at defensive tackle. So collectively, all four teams I think are in good shape. But I do have it Bills 1, Dolphins 2, Jets 3, Patriots 4. At edge rusher, this is interesting. I think that the teams in the division have all made investments here that over the last couple of seasons that have formed really good groups. I do have the Bills at number one, and that's because they have the best player, Von Miller. He's better than any other edge rusher in this division. You think about Matthew Judon with the Patriots, Emmanuel Agba with the Dolphins. I mean, this guy's clearly the best one. Now, opposite of him will be Greg Rousseau, who showed a lot of promise as a rookie. I think he'll be even better in year two for a lot of the reasons that I described. I think Ed Oliver will take another step this year, playing alongside Von Miller. Playing alongside for Greg Rousseau, playing alongside Ed Oliver, right? There's a lot of good pieces around him. I think he'll take a step in year two. And then insert whoever else you want, A.G. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Shaq Lawson. The Bills are five deep. Now, those last three guys, Epinesa, Basham, Lawson, I think they have a lot to prove this year, but the last time we saw Shaq Lawson in the Bills' defense, he played really well. And then Epinesa and Basham as recent second-round picks that kind of are primed to take a step this year. But this is about Von Miller. This is about Greg Rousseau. I'll put that up against anyone else in this AFC East because Von Miller's probably the best defensive player in the division. Number two, I have the Miami Dolphins. Emmanuel Agba, rock-solid player, has really come into his own for Miami and has, has found a lot of consistency. They brought him back on an extension this year. He's a really good player. 
Jordan Phillips, one of their first-round picks from last year, is their opposite rusher from Agba. Had a productive rookie campaign, and I still think that they're figuring out how to deploy him because I thought there was some opportunities left on the table for Miami last year to get more out of Jalen Phillips and ask him to rush with more consistency and play him a little less in space. But he's incredibly gifted, and you know he should be even better in year two, and that that combination of Agba and Phillips is really good. And then Andrew Van Ginkle is kind of their third guy, high motor player, brings some versatility, and just seems to always be around the ball. He's a, he's a good football player, a nice, nice complimentary player to that front seven. Number three, I have the Jets. Now, this is a potent group, but there's some questions. You know, Carl Lawson, their lead pass rusher. You know, he didn't make an impact last year. He was injured yet again, and that's kind of been the issue with Carl Lawson dating back to his time at Auburn with the Bengals and in his first season with the Jets. Injuries are a problem. And so you just start to wonder at what point does Carl Lawson kind of have to, well, not have to, but have his just his ability to produce is impacted by the, the amount of injuries this guy's had, significant injuries. So we'll see what he looks like coming back in 2022, but obviously he's a potent player. John Franklin Myers emerged for them last year. They paid him in season an extension. Can rush inside and outside. Rock solid base end in that Robert Sala defense. And then Jermaine Johnson, their third first round pick from 2022. A guy that I thought was one of the 10 best players in the draft. They got him at number 26. Really dynamic skill set, length, size, explosiveness, technique. Can defend the run, can rush the passer. Really good player. But he's a rookie, and so he has a lot to prove. So a lot to prove here with this Jets trio, but you know a lot of potency there as well. And number four, I have the New England Patriots. Matthew Judon, their lead guy, he had a good first season with the Patriots. Dietrich Wise is kind of a base player, opposite of Judon. Solid player, not necessarily super dynamic, but his ability to play with extension, use his long arms, his heavy hands. He's a solid player. And then Josh Uche as kind of the X factor there, uh, a second-round pick a couple of years ago that hasn't been super productive, but he's a potent football player. And I think that his best football is ahead of him, but he has a lot to prove. So at edge rusher, I have it Bills 1, Dolphins 2, Jets 3, Patriots 4, which is the exact same order for interior defensive line. So I guess you could say defensive line together, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and football futures bets. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. No business owner wants to deal with the hassle of energy decisions. You just want your business to run smoothly and pay a fair rate for power. But coming off the back of one of the highest price winters in the last decade, if your business was on a purely variable or market rate, you paid out the nose. Many New York business owners switched suppliers out of frustration, but unless they chose alternative pricing options, they're still at risk for a January repeat. Catalyst Power partners with you or your trusted energy consultant 
to produce a power supply plan that fits your business and your market and your market risk tolerance. We have a suite of options customizable to your business's needs, including options that bundle with or focus on renewable energy. Right now in New York, we're offering an on-site solar solution for your business that requires zero installation, maintenance, or material purchase costs. That's right, no CapEx costs for you. To sweeten the deal, qualified businesses could be eligible for up to six months of at-cost energy supply from Catalyst Power. Go to catalystpower.com slash bills to learn more. Let's talk about these linebackers in the AFC East. I think the Bills are very firmly number one here. Very firmly. I think the rest of this division has question marks at linebacker. Where the Bills with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are, to me, head and shoulders better than anything the rest of this division offers. Tyrell Dotson slash Terrell Bernard is your third linebacker, but we know the Bills play primarily a 4-2-5 defense. I know that Tremaine Edmonds is a polarizing player for this fan base. I think he's an underappreciated football player. Given how young he is, his physical skill, what he offers this team in coverage, the amount of responsibility on his plate, and how he's been the man in the middle of one of the best defenses in the NFL since he walked into the building. I think he's a good player that is still improving and has been a three-year team captain, a two-time Pro Bowler. Matt Milano, his running mate, we know he's outstanding. I think it's the best linebacker duo in this division, and it's not close. And number two, the Jets. Now, this is an interesting trio because I think there's a lot of potential here and a lot of improvement needed, right? C.J. Mosley, their main player, he didn't, he didn't play well last year but also a tough environment for anyone to play well in New York with just how bad they were on offense and how poor the talent was collectively on defense. But we know that C.J. Mosley is a good linebacker. Now, Quincy Williams kind of emerged for them last year. I think they're high on Quincy Williams. I think he'll have a good year. And then Hamza Nasrul-Dean as um, that third guy that they're grooming, a, a safety at Florida State that's getting a chance to play weak side linebacker for the Jets. The gap is big here. All right. That's the number two team at linebacker, the Jets. Number three, I've got the Dolphins, Jerome Baker, a really good lead, lead linebacker for them. Question marks next to him. Landon Roberts is likely to start the season as the starter next to Baker. And I think he's a really inconsistent player. You know, you can ask him to blitz and shoot gaps, but I mean, his read and react skills are below average to me. And then the guy that I think will eventually take over for Landon Roberts is Channing Tindall, who the Dolphins drafted with their first pick in the 2022 draft, which came like 102 overall, third-round pick, late third-round pick. And he's got a lot of upside, supremely athletic, long, big, physical, but he's a raw player as well. He didn't even start a game at Georgia. And so he's got to develop and acclimate and adjust, but he's got a really high ceiling to be a good player opposite of Jerome Baker. We just haven't seen him play yet. And then at number four, the New England Patriots, I think this is one of the worst linebacker situations in the league. Jawan Bentley, I guess, is their lead player. Mac Wilson, who they traded for from the Browns, 
kind of an interesting fit based on what New England has typically had at linebacker. And then, I don't know, is it Cam McGrone, Anthony Jennings? Who's the guy next to them? Now, the Patriots have typically had a dude, right? Whether it's Gerard Mayo, Deonta Hightower. I don't know what to make of this trio or you know whoever they're going to play. I think it's one of the worst situations in the league at linebacker and clearly the worst situation in the AFC East. So at linebacker, I have it one Bills, two Jets, three Dolphins, four Patriots. Let's move on to cornerback. Really um, developing cornerback situation here in the AFC East, especially with what the Jets were able to add, the Bills were able to add, and kind of what's happened to this Patriots cornerback room. It's really interesting. I do think, I do think excuse me, that the Dolphins have the best cornerback trio in the division. Xavier Howard just turns over the football like crazy. He's a good player. Byron Jones, a solid cover man opposite of him. And then Nick Needham, who has emerged as a really solid slot player for the Dolphins. The Bills at number two. I do think that, you know, Kyer Elam developing and Trey White bouncing back from injury gives them a chance to be number one, but it's hard to argue with Miami as the top cornerback trio in the division. Obviously, Taron Johnson, one of the best slot corners in the league. So you like the makeup of the groom of the room, excuse me, but we need to see Trey White come back. We need to see Kyer Elam play, right? He's a rookie. And then, of course, Taron Johnson, I think we know what we can expect from him. Number three, I have the Patriots. And, you know, look, I, I think there's a big drop-off from what the Dolphins and Bills have to what the Patriots and Jets offer. Malcolm Butler, who retired last year, went to Arizona, retired, and now he's back with New England. Really strange situation. Jalen Mills and Jonathan Joseph in the slot. I don't know what to make of this trio at all. It doesn't, it doesn't concern me as an opponent. You know, letting J.C. Jackson walk out the door, replacing him with Malcolm Butler. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. I don't. I don't think this is a great trio of corners. And at number four, I have the Jets, a, a team that I think has a chance to climb here. But you know, Sauce Gardner now their number one corner, number four pick in the draft. He's got to prove himself. He's a really good prospect. It's a really good fit for him in Robert Saylor's defense, but we got to see him play. We got we got to see, right? He's never played in the NFL. They paid DJ Reed to come over and start opposite of Sauce Gardner. You know, I think he, they probably overpaid a little bit, but certainly an upgrade compared to what they had last year. And then Michael Carter, the second, is their slot player, a rookie last year that had some flashes, but still needs to develop and mature into that role. So the Dolphins at one, Bills two, Patriots three, Jets four. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and save money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, let's finish this thing out by talking about the safety groups and special teams. At safety, very clearly, the Bills are number one. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, best safety tandem in the NFL. It's not close especially when you isolate it to just the AFC East. Rock solid studs. They tackle, they cover, they take away the football. They're versatile, they're interchangeable. They're an unbelievable pair. And number two, New England Patriots. And look, (laughs) the thing about the New England Patriots safety position is I don't know what the plan is. They've got four players that are starter-worthy and and it gives me some level of belief that they're probably going to do a lot of three safety stuff. They might play four safeties. This might be their big creative wrinkle to counter Josh Allen, to counter the wide zone rushing offenses that you're going to see with the Jets and the Dolphins. But Adrian Phillips, Devin McCourty, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers. I mean, they are loaded at safety. I don't think any combination of two is close to as good as Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, but I mean, you have to look at the depth of this group and feel like they've got a lot to work with at safety. Now, how they deploy all these guys is going to be interesting, but I'm expecting some creativity schematically from New England based on this safety situation, based on what we talked about at corner and what we talked about at linebacker. I think you could see these four players on the field together. And number three, I have the Miami Dolphins, and this group of of Javon Holland and Brandon Jones has a lot of potential. Jones, a third-year player. Javon Holland, a second-year player this year. Holland was awesome last year. I mean, he, he has the makings of a star at the position. Plays with a lot of energy, good in coverage, versatile, tackles, blitzes. I mean, I think he's got a real shot to be one of the best five, six, seven, eight safeties in the league based on what he's shown as a rookie. And then Brandon Jones, who compliments him pretty well, they asked him to play down low quite a bit. Physical player. I mean, this this young tandem here is really good for Miami. And then at number four, the Jets, who I think have improved their safety situation. It's been kind of a weird situation with Marcus May, you know, Jamal Adams in recent years. Ashton Davis is a young player that's been flashy but inconsistent. Well, they signed Jordan Whitehead from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a free agent. He's going to elevate this room, and he's one of the best tackling safeties in the league, one of the best run-defending safeties in the league, and he's got range and coverage. They brought back Lamarcus Joyner, who's been injured, it seems like, for a couple years, but he's a potent player. He has to prove himself, and then they still do have Ashton Davis. So an interesting trio. Obviously, they got to play together in – you know, Whitehead has to settle into this defense. But I think this is a an improved situation based on kind of the drama that's existed at safety in recent years for the Jets. So at safety, I have it one Bills, two Patriots, three Dolphins, four Jets. And I have the Bills at number one in every defensive category except for cornerback where I have them at number two, and obviously I think we're all excited about Trey White, Kyrie Elam, Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson as a depth player 
Saran Neal as a depth player. And then I've talked about Christian Benford. So I, I really like what the Bills have, but I can't argue with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones based on Kyer Elam being a rookie, Trey White coming off of injury. So obviously the Bills in good shape defensively. Now special teams was kind of tricky to stack up because there's so many layers to it. There's the kicker, there's the punter, there's the returner, there's the coverage ability, there's the blocking ability. And so I'm going to kind of layer it all together to rank the special teams in the division, but there's no real perfect way to do this. So at number one, I do have the Miami Dolphins. Their kicker, Jason Sanders, who did not have a good year last year, but I think that was due to the punter situation, the holder, right? We talk about this all the time. Michael Pilardi was their punter last year, and I don't think he's as good of a holder as what they had in Matt Hawk, and I think Jason Sanders had to adjust, and he didn't have a good year. Two years ago, he was an all-pro. Jason Sanders, the kicker, they signed Thomas Morstead to be their punter, and and Morstead's been one of the most consistent punters in the NFL. And it's not that he has this big, rocket, booming leg, but what he does is he's consistent and he controls the football. This dude kicks it 45 yards and forces a fair catch damn near every time. Rock solid, consistent punter. And then the return situation is really dynamic with kind of sprinkling in Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland in that role. And then Miami's just typically been year over year recently very good at covering kicks and punts. I think they have the best special teams situation in the division. Number two, I have the New England Patriots. Their kicker, Nick Folk, he doesn't have a big leg, but he controls it well. He's consistent. Jake Bailey, one of the best punters in the league. Marcus Jones, now a rookie, is going to take over as their kick returner, punt returner. And I thought he was the best return prospect coming out of the 2022 draft. And then we know that this team's really good at covering kicks and punts every year, led by Matthew Slater. And so I just don't see a lot of questions with the Patriots on special teams. Again, I don't think they have a, uh, a kicker that has a big leg, but he's very accurate. They have to, you know, Marcus Jones has to prove himself at returner. But I I think these are minor questions in the overall scheme of what New England typically is on special teams. Number three, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Kicker Tyler Bass, and if it was just a kicker ranking, I'd probably put the Bills at number one. I think Tyler Bass is the best kicker in the division. But there's question marks at punter with Matt Ariza as a rookie. Right, has to prove himself. Only really a one-year punter in college. So there's questions there. I mean, what's going to happen with happen with the return situation? I think Khalil Shakir is the is the favorite to be the punt returner. I mean, I guess Isaiah McKenzie is your kick returner, but there's inconsistency, you know, with McKenzie in that role, and Shakir needs to prove himself. I think the Bills will be very good at covering kicks and punts, and I like their ability to do that. But I think with an unproven punter and really an unproven returner situation, I couldn't put the Bills above the Dolphins or the Patriots. And then at number four, you have the Jets who have Greg Zerline as their kicker. He's an average kicker. Braden Mann, who's a young punter, he's talented, but I don't think he's found consistency yet in the NFL. I think they're decent at covering kicks and punts. And then the return guy, Braxton Berrios, really came on last year. So... I think their true specialist ability in, in terms of kicker and punter is the worst combination in the division. They're, they're solid at covering kicks and punts, and they have a good returner. 
but I have them at number four. So in special teams, I have Dolphins one, Patriots two, Bills three, Jets four. I think collectively, though, this is a good division when it comes to special teams. You don't really have any one team that doesn't prioritize it. But I do think, just kind of thinking of all the variables that I can, I, I thought that was the appropriate way to stack it. All right, folks, so we did it. We did offense, we did defense, we kind of did special teams, and hopefully this conversation over the last two days has created a good understanding for you as to what's been happening with the division rivals and where the Bills stack and just kind of how everyone has improved and, and built their rosters going into the 2022 season where the Bills, they got a target on their back. We know it. They've, they've won the division the last two years. What are they? They've lost one division game over the last two years. It was to uh, the Patriots in the Hurricane game on Monday Night Football. So they're eleven and one over the last two seasons in the AFC East. I guess thirteen and one if you, or twelve and one if you include the the playoff win over the Patriots. They beat the Dolphins seven in a row. Everybody's going to want to. Give the Bills their best shot and knock them off. But it's the Bills' division until they give it up, and I don't anticipate that happening anytime soon. Got a good rest of the week here on the podcast for you. Tomorrow's going to be fun. Bruce Nolan and I, we do this every year. We're going to give you our selections from the 2022 NFL Draft that we would have made instead of Brandon Bean. So we're going to go toe-to-toe with Bean like we do every year. And then on Friday excuse me, Thursday will be herd mentality. Friday, we're going to react to the Bills schedule. So the Bills full schedule comes out on Thursday. And I'll break it down from every angle and do a podcast about that for Friday. So a lot of good conversation coming your way the rest of the week here on Locked on Bills. Don't miss anything. Make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.